You're listening to The Roofer Report. Tune in for exclusive interviews with roofing experts and insights from leaders who walk the walk. Grow with Roofer and your host, Pete McKendrick. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Roofer Report. I am your host, Pete McKendrick. And today is kind of a special uh, Roofer Report podcast. Uh, We are joined by two of our Roofer employees, uh, Nick and Jennifer. So excited to have you guys here. And uh, we're going to take a little bit of a different twist on the whole podcast today. Normally, you know, we're talking to um, some experts in the industry about, you know, their take on something very specific, whether that be marketing or sales. Um, But one of the things that we really wanted to talk about today is the homeowner experience. Uh, That's become a really big part of what we're doing at Roofer. And, uh, you know, we really are focusing on building products that allow the contractor to offer a world-class customer experience. So, you know, the, the customer experience has been top of mind for us, uh, recently, uh, Jennifer recently bought a house, correct? A first time home buyer who had to do the roof. So we thought that this would be a great way to, uh, to kind of cover her experiences as a homeowner and Nick playing the, uh, the devil's advocate here, the roofer. Uh, <laughs> to give us the roofer's view of that as well. So uh, I'll give you guys a second to introduce yourself really quick and what you do a roofer, and then uh, we'll kind of dive into it a little bit. Cool. I can go first. So I am the content marketing manager here at Roofer. I started uh, here back in the spring, and it actually worked out perfectly with timing because we got our house in the summer. I think I was two or three months into Roofer. I knew we needed a new roof and I realized how little I actually knew about buying a roof and roofs in general. So I fortunately was able to lean on Nick and Pete and Richie and some people at the company, but it was really interesting to kind of be straddling these two lines of somebody who has no idea about how to buy a roof and and needs this, you know, this work done versus someone who also kind of has that that kind of touch point into the industry. So I think I have some great insights. I'm excited to talk about it today and share. That's awesome. Uh, I'm Nick Capobianco. I am the sales team lead here at Roofer. I'm a roofer by trade. So, uh, and a roofer in the area that Jennifer lives and got her roof done. So uh, I have some good insight on that. I actually roofed all around where Jennifer is from back when I was used to roof. So I uh, have good insight in the products that she bought, the the materials, and we had great chats leading up to her actually getting her roof done. Yeah, so I think it's uh, it's good. Not only is Nick playing the roofer today, but he actually is a roofer. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so let's get into it a little bit. Um, you know, I guess uh, you went to buy a new house, Jennifer, right? And so right away, was it part of the sale? Was it actually negotiated into the sale that you realized you needed a new roof, you know, when you guys were making the purchase? Or was it after the fact that you realized... Oh, yeah. we've got a house that's in definite need of a roof. We actually had an um, inspector come to look at it because uh, he did know that the roof, you know, would need replacement, all the stuff. I think he said we could probably get another one or two years out of it. But when he went into the attic, we had mold in the sh- like on the sheathing in the attic um, and it was pretty bad. And so that was kind of the point where we knew that you know, we should get it done sooner rather than later and have to get done anyways. Didn't love the idea of having a house with a bunch of mold in it, to be honest with you. Um, so kind of right off the bat, we knew that we would need a roof. Um, and what's funny about it is our real estate agent gave us the name of a guy who came in, gave us a quote, and we were ready to sign the dotted line. And he just would not send me a contract. I think I emailed him like, 
four times. I was the one calling him being like, let me give you business. Like, let me sign this. Like, can you send me a contract? Can you let me know? And he just like, he was like, oh, I'm going to send it to you tomorrow. And then it was, oh, I'm going to send it to you next week. And, and just wouldn't send me this contract. And so I ended up having to go to somebody else. So I felt horrible about this. Um, but it's like, he just wouldn't let me give him my money. It was very bizarre. Welcome to roofing. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I always say that there's a big difference between roofers and business owners. Uh, you can be both, but you found a roofer, um, not a business owner. And that like, he, he's probably amazing at what he does. He probably installs okay. a hell of a roof, but there's no systems and processes in place. There's no accountability for that. And ultimately when you're deciding to put something on super expensive on an expensive home that you just bought, you do not want to have to worry about if something happens, is this guy going to show up or is he going to be like, Hey, tomorrow, next week, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And see, he had like taken over the business from it was his uncle's business. And so, you know, he was kind of new to like running his own business. And so my fiance works in the labor and trades. So he met this guy who's like, I like him. Like, I want to hire him. Like we need to give him our, our business. So we were fully invested in this and yeah, it was, it was really interesting because I've heard Pete now since I'd been at Roofer talking so much about the importance of processes and, and what that looks like. So seeing the kind of impact of not having that on the other side of the coin, I couldn't help but think like, if only he had a process in place, if only he listened to Pete, like maybe this wouldn't have happened to him. You just have process Pete in there. By the way, I'm just going to throw it out there just because we're all roofer employees here. I used to say process all the time, but doing all the master classes with Pete, he made fun of me consistently until I say process now, like an American. Oh, process? Yeah. Now, I, I said process, right? Yeah, that's, that's how us Canadians say, but Pete made fun of me relentlessly for months and months. And now even my uncle who lives in America saw me on something and he goes why are you saying process like an american i was just like oh god it's, <laughs> it's that so I just wanted to throw it up. yeah see, you bullied me until i <laughs> talked like you <laughs> i think this brings up an interesting scenario though right that happens quite often in the roofing industry where you know you know a real estate agent goes into a property and potentially knows or doesn't know whether or not uh you know a house needs a roof and can make a suggestion on, on bringing in a roofer. I think a lot of roofers are dealing with that scenario. I know our instant estimator, I think helps with that because I know a lot of roofers don't like to be called constantly by a real estate agent saying like, Hey, can you come quote this customer a roof or, or tell them whether their house needs a new roof but with the idea that they may or may not even win that job. So, you know, the fact that she, recommended or referred to you, I think is interesting. And, um, you know, I dealt with something similar. I actually had an issue where I broke a pipe, uh, that pipe coming into my house, we were actually without water, uh, at the house and got a recommendation for a guy. He came, you know, he's like, Oh yeah, I think I can fix this, but I don't own a backhoe. Let me find one. And a day goes by two days goes by. I don't hear from him. And, you know, I have a family here with no water in this house and uh, ended up going with someone else. And he actually called back about a week later and said, I found tobacco and I can come do the job. And I said, sorry, dude, <laughs> you know, I, I had an entire house of people here with no water. 
know, yeah. it's, it's, it's funny. And again, it gets back to having that process in place and being able to be efficient and, and do what you need to do. So, uh, it's interesting how that, ha you know, like before you even signed a contract, you already had a, essentially a breakdown in the customer experience, right? And we experienced that so much. It's part of the reason why the, the contracting industry as a whole, it's not specific to roofing, obviously, right? Like I think it, contracting in general, home improvement in general, just has this bad stigma because like Nick said, you know, you have your businessmen who, who run their businesses professionally and you have your fair share of folks that don't. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, if you come across the guy that doesn't, you get, a bad customer experience right from the very beginning. So, yeah. um, so you were able to find another roofer. How did you go about finding the second roofer? Well, that's where I am so grateful that I was actually at roofer because <laughs> that was what I, I went to Nick and, and I went to Alex and I went to Meredith and I went to some other people um, in the company that I know are kind of from the area that I'm in. And I was able to say like, here's the one person that I reach out to who else do you recommend? Because the other thing that I learned that I didn't know about being at Roofer was in Southern, because I'm in Southern Ontario, how little regulation there actually is around roofing in this part of Ontario. Like mm -hmm. anybody can buy a truck and be a roofer. And so I was even more paranoid than I probably would have been if I wouldn't have been at Roofer about wanting to make sure I was hiring the right person. And then when the initial um, when the initial guy was here, when he actually did like a look over of the roof, he informed me that we only had one vent in our attic and it was what he called a whirly bird. I still even don't know if that's like a legit term for the industry, but he was like, that's really bad. Like you only have one vent. It's a whirly bird and I, they, they don't work. So in my head, I'm like, I need more vents in my roof and I don't really understand why. Um, so that was another place where I went to Nick and I was like, what does this mean? Why do I need this? So it just kind of highlighted all these gaps that I didn't know about my own roof. Yeah. I think, you know, I think that that is pretty common, right? I think most of the time your homeowner is ignorant to the roof. It's like Nick and I talk about quite often mm -hmm. on the, on the webinars, you know, it's not a sexy purchase. It's more or less a grudge purchase, something that you buy because you have to, not because you want to. And so therefore you don't really have a good, uh, you know, knowledge base around it. It's not like picking out kitchen cabinets or something like that. You know, it's, uh, it's something that's probably foreign to most homeowners, uh, you know, unless they've potentially worked in it in the past. I always bring up my poor neighbor, but you know, he was the same thing. He had a guy come quote his roof and essentially signed on the dotted line, knowing nothing came to me afterwards and said, did I get a good deal? What does this mean that he's a, a gaff something elite master guy? He's like, what does that even refer to? <laughs> there was obviously some education to be had there that, you know, even the contractor didn't, as he sold him, did not do a very good job of explaining to him what all that stuff meant. So, um, yeah. Talking with some of like our, our other customers and they're like, I build these, these digital proposals and I put all this information in there and I educate the homeowner. Like my expectation of how these roofers would sell me my roof was way up here. Um, and again, like if, if, if somebody would have come into me with a roofer report being like better, good, better, best, like here's an outline, I would have been like, yes, like sign it right now would have blown me away. So I feel like that's kind of what I was expecting. And it made me realize maybe how different that actually is for in the industry. Even when, when Nick gave me a few names, I think I reached out to a few, I think only one actually even emailed me back like that. That I think was the biggest shock in the whole experience was how hard it actually was to get that call back 
or to get that initial outreach back, which I mean, we talk about speed to lead a lot in our in our marketing and, and in our master classes and in the education that we do of roofers. I was definitely missing that as a homeowner. So it was kind of surprising to kind of know how important that is and hear that, but then to experience it on the flip side. Someone would have called me back right away. I would have given them my business. I needed to do this. I had the money ready to spend. It was really just about whoever treated me in a way that like I could actually sign on that paper and give them the business. So it was, it was definitely a different experience than I thought. And I think it's important to note too, like where you live is beside a very large city, which is beside a metropolis and your town itself is not a small town. It was like 200,000 people in your town. Yeah. Something like that. Like it's, it's a lot. Like, it's not like it's a small spot in the middle of nowhere and you're struggling to get it. You're looking at a highly populated area with a high average income as well. So there's a lot of value to be had there. And, and it's, uh, it, it, it really shows the, how important it is for all of everybody who's listening and everybody who's watching later is like by upgrading the way that you present to the customers to upgrading the way that you have your process laid out you're going to stand apart from the competition and you're going to win more jobs so it's really cool to it's cool because I'm, I'm, I know the outcome with you, Jen, <laughs> that you got a nice roof from a great roofer. Um, but it's it's cool to see like how how much can be gained by just kind of bringing in these processes and having really well done quotes that are educational. I think one of the biggest things to note here is the perception of professionalism. Like Jen said, I had the money. I'm ready to go. If someone would have just picked up the phone they would have won my business, right? Because they would have seemed like the most organized and professional person, right? It would, for real, I mean, it's that simple, right? You'd be amazed at how many roofers and even real estate agents, not just in roofing, but how many businesses that are service businesses like that win over the customer by just being the person that picks up the phone. You know, like John Rose. Is, is, is like link trees when you call someone any company i was calling uh uh i was calling a plumber uh i had also like you a, a leak in my kitchen sink and i couldn't figure out what to do and so i was calling a plumber and so many of them had like just a link tree like dial one four i was like just human please like give me someone right you're like just let me talk to somebody please yeah. really quick yeah yeah, it's a, you know, it's crazy. And I think that it's a, it's a huge piece that's missed, right? We still, it's still missed. It's still a huge gap in a lot of roofers processes is to just pick up the phone, right? And, and give that perception of, I've got my shit together, right? Like I'm organized, I'm professional. I've got someone picking up the phone, you know, uh, Ben Morrow, most of you guys know him as Ben Tiger from Roof Tiger. Um, he said in his speech, you should be open. You should have figure out a way to have someone answer your phone 24 hours a day, right? Because that sets the tone, right? If someone picks up your phone, no matter when that customer calls, you know, uh, he, like he said, you know, if that customer calls at 10 after five and your hours are from nine to five o'clock and they don't get you at 10 after five, guess what they're doing? They're going to the next roofer. They're not waiting for you to call them, leaving a voicemail and waiting for you to call them back. They're going to the next person. Right. I think the like other if you, if you don't know roofs, when someone says to you, like, yeah, you need to get this replaced, you you don't know if you have a week before something happens or a month before something happens. Like you hear roof and as a homeowner, you're like, 
oh my God, like my house is going to cave in and all my stuff's going to get ruined and I need to fix this right now. Like there's a very much like a right now urgency with it. So if somebody isn't picking up, yeah, you're not going to, you're not going to give them three to five business days to get back to you. Like you need, you need, you need to know that they're getting your message and that they're at least going to follow up with you at some point. And I always say that too, is like, what's really interesting is like when roofers, when homeowners are looking for a new roof, they're not planning ahead. It's not a like a, hey, it's a couple of years down the line, we'll figure this out. It's they're acting in urgency. So to exactly Pete's point, if you match urgency with urgency, you're, you're, you're already miles ahead of everybody else. So that's yeah. a, my new favorite thing is the Pete's favorite line, speed to lead and matching urgency with urgency just completely dwarfs every other competition from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. You know, one of the things I really like about what you said too, Jen, is uh, this, you know, obviously being at Roofer, right, you have kind of a, I don't want to say an unfair advantage, but definitely a different, maybe a quite slightly different expectation. But it also speaks to the fact that right, the modern day homeowner has a completely different expectation around mm-hmm. the service that they're going to receive, the speed at which that service is going to take place. Right. And I think that's some of the biggest changes in the market. You know, like we we talked about this on our Rise Road Tour, uh, you know, and, and I asked some of the contractors, like, what are the biggest differences that you see in the modern day homeowner? And they were saying things like texting. They want everything texted, including their proposal to be signed and their invoice to be signed and, you know, their invoice to be paid and like all these things. They want a, a text link so they can pay it through there. Like they want everything to be as contactless and as simple and frictionless as possible, you know, but I think like it speaks to the fact, like you said, I'm not going to wait three to five days anymore where, you know, I would say 10 years ago, that would have been, you know, Nick could probably answer this better. But, you know, I think there was a time when that was kind of like the standard quo, like I'm going to come do an inspection, get back in my truck, drive back to my office, write up a quote, maybe come back a second time to present it to you. And it was this long, more, much more like drawn out process. And that's not sufficient anymore. You know, the homeowner, the, the modern homeowner is not going to put up with that anymore. Yeah. Well, it's so funny that you say that because I felt like even, so the company that ended up booking with was one that Nick recommended and it actually kind of went against like any other advice that I got from like my mom <laughs> about like out of my roof. Cause that's who I go to. I called my mom, my dad, and I was like, how do I do this? Um, and they always say like, don't go with the cheapest, but like, you don't need the most expensive, like go with the one in the middle. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, perfect. (laughs) That's my parameters. And so the company that ended up going with, which was recommended by a few people at Roofer. So I felt really good about my choice, um, was actually substantially cheaper than the initial guy who had come out. Like I'm talking like four grand cheaper. And so I was kind of like, I would have given this guy this money anyways, if he would have you know, send me a contract. So it worked out well for us. But um, I got the quote from them again, like having worked at Roofer, I was a little bit surprised. Like they didn't come to my roof first. I had no idea how they knew like the size of my roof because they didn't come do an inspection and didn't come with any kind of visual like satellite drawings or measurements or anything. And so when he came back to actually do an inspection, I'd already signed the contract And I was like, are you going to tell me that it's suddenly going to be way more than was on that contract? So I felt like even the way that they did it was so different to what I had expected it to be. Um, 
But what was really funny of what you were saying about how things have changed with the modern homeowner is I had to go and buy checks to pay for my roof because I don't have checks. I haven't written checks, I don't think, ever in my life. And they wanted a check for a payment. They wouldn't take e-transfer. They wouldn't take anything else. So I had to go to my bank like the week of and hopefully, I mean, they mailed them, got it on time. But yeah, I had to go buy checks and I was absolutely gobsmacked by that being their preferred method of payment. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. I think that that's uh, the old school way of doing it, right? Like that's kind of like the traditional way. Uh, you know, like I remember having a conversation with a roofer and talking about how he invoiced customers. And he said, I don't invoice customers. I just ask them for a check. And so, uh, you know, so it was it was pretty interesting that you brought that up because I think that was you know, for a long time, that was how you got paid. I remember talking to a guy, even when I first started at Roofer, now this was only three years ago, you know, and, and him saying, I spend one day a week, usually Thursdays, driving around collecting checks. And he said, it's not uncommon for me to drive over a hundred miles in a day chasing checks, right? Like trying to wow. get paid. So, uh, you know, because he just didn't have a really good airtight system of getting, uh, you know, of getting payment any other way other than physically knocking on the door and asking for a check. How did you do it, Nick, when you, when you were roofing, were you guys, were you guys a check company? We did e-transfer. Um, there was some, e-transfer. Okay. yeah, it's, it's, it's there, but the problem is with a lot of e-transfer is that there's limits in Canada, mm -hmm. right? So for everyone in the States listening, e-transfer is ACH. So it's a bank transfer. Uh, there's limits on and if you're doing it just through your banking app to sometimes $2,000 a day or something like that there. So right. it did work sometimes, but a lot of times it's cash, it's check, it's sometimes credit card if the customer's willing to eat the fee kind of deal. But um, that was a big thing that uh, that made it a little bit easier with e-transfer, but the driving is crazy. Like we were talking with one of our uh, clients as well, and it was like, he drives 45 minutes each way just to pick up one check and has to schedule time with that client to make sure that they're there. It's crazy. Jeez. Yeah. Like when we talk about a roofer, like how much time that you spend driving around to take measurements of roofs, huh. like if you're saving time doing satellite measurements, but you're not taking digital payments, then you're kind of losing that exact amount of time driving around, picking up checks. Exactly. So yeah, I was, I was surprised by it. How yeah. many quotes did you get? Oh, go ahead, Pete. No, no, I was going to ask the same question. <laughs> nice. <laughs> There you go. So yeah, so I got from from the initial guy who didn't want my money, apparently. Um, and then I got two other quotes. So I got three quotes total. Um, they were all like the other two are pretty similar. But when it came to booking dates, I think this the other company that I didn't go with wanted to book it in like October, November. And that was like, I, we got our roof done beginning of September. So he, like they wanted us to sit around for, for two months with it. Um, and so, yeah, I was, I mean, and then again, it was like speed. I was like, I don't know how long this roof's going to last. I don't know how much rain we're going to get between now and now and then. I don't know how bad it actually is. Mm -hmm. um, and again, like maybe it's me just being paranoid, but I hear mold and I'm looking at my attic and I'm like, I don't want to really be sleeping in this house with mold in the air. And it's, it was humid as hell in that attic. Like we, I think they put four or five new vents in it. And the difference, I was like, oh, this is why ventilation matters in a roof. Like I understand this now. Yeah. Well, the difference. Especially where we are with the, uh, for anybody in like the Northeast, like it gets super hot in the summer, super cold in the winter. 
And bad ventilation up here means obviously poor ventilation, which causes condensation, which causes mold, but also horrible energy bills because you're not being efficient with your, uh, your home. But also in the winter, and, and it would mean the same thing in Pete's area too, is like that's bad ice damming. And that's going to cause an actual leak because you have that heat loss melting that first layer of snow and the cold air is making that turn into ice again. So um, that leads me to a question from here. What, uh, how many people provided like a digital proposal for you? Oh, zero. I, I had zero digital proposals. I think I had one that looked like it was a scan. And I think that they reused the, the form because you could see where they had like taped pieces of paper over top, like <laughs> in the price. And it was like kind of crooked when it got emailed to me. And so I was like, this is not even a fresh piece of paper that you're printing off and then like scanning to me or filling out. Like it was, it looked like it had seen a little bit of love before. So yeah, yeah, I was, I was very surprised. I think it made me realize like, just like we, we live and breathe the world of digital proposals with what mm -hmm. we do every day. But like, it would have blown me away. It would have absolutely blown me away if I would have gotten a nice, beautiful digital proposal with like a picture of my house on the front and my name. And like, I would have just signed just because it looked good. Like talk about modern homeowners. We're impressed by little things like that now. It doesn't take much to blow us away. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's interesting that you brought up the point of the timing between the sale and the actual installation, right? The actual yeah. production. Because I think, you know, this is something that we often talk about and I bring it up a lot is, you know, one thing that I learned really on when it came to process is, you know, the production process is so important, but it's also probably the most overlooked piece, right? Everybody thinks when I'm fine tuning my process, I fine tune sales and, you know, that way I just pump more sales in, we're going to close more business, we're going to make this a massive company and then you get this, you know, epic fail right at the production end of things and you end up like the one company that you mentioned who's selling you a roof potentially in august and can't install it until november right because they have this massive lag or this this lead time because their process is uh you know is a disaster on the production side so interesting that you uh you know that was actually a, a major factor in you deciding to go with the company that you went with was just the timing of production or and the handoff uh, not being done well by the other guys. Uh, that was a turnoff. So, um, yeah, I find that I find that really uh, an interesting piece of this whole thing, you know, because I think it is a crucial part of the process that often just doesn't get as much love as it should. Yeah. Yeah. And even like when with the proposals, like I think they might have offered two different types of shingles as well. I think we went with Owens Corning was what we ended up going with. Um, but again, I only really knew brands because of like having been a roofer at that point, I would have not known. You could have told me that, you know, Pete's shingles were the best shingles in the market. And I probably would have believed you. Um, so even that, that like, like it was great information to have, but really I was like, what color do I want? Like, I'm going to get brown shingles. Like, I like this one. This one's pretty. And what other type of it was like, I didn't really care even, so um, that was definitely kind of the breakdown. Like, I think they spent a while talking about the types of shingle. And I was like, I don't really know. And I don't really care. Like, whatever is going to be best is, is good. I'll let you choose. So when it came to actually making a choice, like, that didn't really affect me. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. 
Yeah. And I think that, you know, that makes sense. I think you, because there, it is such a foreign purchase, right. There isn't a lot of, you know, knowledge around that. So even when, yeah. you know, depending on how is this, how it's explained by the contractor, you know, and how they approach that education piece, if they do at all, um, you know, can, can make a big difference, I think. Right. Like obviously yeah. here it was, you were kind of turned off by the fact that they were just probably, you know, reading from the, sales brochure of the shingle. Right. And, and yeah. so, you know what I mean? And so, you know, was there really truly any education going on there or were they just trying to steer you in a certain direction by telling you, you know, some specific yeah. things about the shingles. So, um, you know, so that speaks a lot to, you know, Nick's key term, uh, education and transparency, right. And really being able to do that in such a way that it's understandable. Like you have to remember who the audience is and you have to be able to, relate to them and their knowledge of the shingle, right? You knew the shingles at least by name because of what we do, right? But wow. your most of your normal homeowner would never even know when Owens Corning makes shingles, right? They think of yeah. the Pink Panther and insulation, right? So they, they don't even know that that is a shingle manufacturer, right? So it's, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of education that needs to go on there, but in a very specific way. Yeah, like there were some things that I think they probably could have explained more that would have been more helpful. Like, like starting shingles that they start the edge with. I sent my my quote to another guy that we have at Roofer whose name is Alex. He's great. Um, and he was like, well, what do they use for starting shingles? And I was like, what do you mean? What do they use for starting shingles? And they're like, well, do they order shingles to use as starting shingles or do they use ones that they already have? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. Does it make a difference? And he was like, well, kind of. So I remember I called and I asked and um, the girl that picked up the phone was kind of, she seemed like surprised by my question. And she was like, well, you know, we talked about the shingles we're using. And I was like, yeah, but what about the starting shingles? And like, what does that mean? So, so it was like, that was a piece that probably would have been more helpful and would have made me feel like, oh, like they're teaching me something opposed to like walking through this brochure that I could Google Owens Corning and it would come up on their, like on Google as like number one result if I really wanted information opposed to something that would actually help me like understand the process. And it was kind of even the same thing, like, like going to like the follow-up of it. I actually remember taking a picture of my roof and I texted it to Nick because they didn't lay flat. There was like little bubbles on the shingles where it looked like they were like holes or like gaps. And I was like, is my roof installed crooked? Like, is this normal? Because I had no idea. Nobody said anything to me. There was no follow-up. And I was freaking out that maybe like half of my shingles weren't installed straight. And so it was like, so there's definitely certain gaps that, that weren't there in that education piece that would have made me feel a lot more comfortable as somebody who bought a roof once, probably won't buy a roof for 20 years now mm -hmm. um, in that whole process. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that shows the importance of like itemized quotes as well and the descriptions because it's one thing to show everything and talk about the shingles is Owens Corning. I'm going to give you an Owens Corning warranty. I don't know if that was mentioned at all or something like that, uh, if they're a preferred oh, installer or whatever. But regardless, because the modern buyer is on online, especially if it's a younger buyer, like like millennials like us jen like it's we're going to be looking at online for and pete pete's a millennial too i saw pete's eye like look at me like what are you talking about <laughs> he's an elder millennial he's an elder <laughs> millennial. Yeah. honorary honorary millennial, yeah, honorary millennial. <laughs> <laughs> but 
it's important to know that stuff because you could look online and be like, yo, what's this preferred warranty? Uh, and then what is a starter shingle? What is hip and ridge capping? Are they using the the starter shingle from there or are they using something and I don't have my five point warranty on that point? Like there's so many things there. And then furthermore, I think it's a great idea to talk about what happens after we're done the roof. Yeah. Like, sure, we have the cleanup. Everyone says supreme cleanup and we're going to do all this and it's going to look great. But nobody talks about that if it's done in fall, like in September, like you had it, that odds are the shingles are not going to be laying perfectly flat because they just came out of the package and they, they're they stuck to a position. And you need time for that sun to, and the heat from the inside of the attic to kind of let it lay flat. Like I used to get calls all the time being like, yo, my shingles are wavy. And I'm like, well, yeah, because... <laughs> Me. <laughs> yeah, and and I would educate them on that stuff. So the education and transparency doesn't just stop and start during that first presentation. It should yeah. be ongoing. And if you have a good presentation style quote, then you can show before, beginning, after. You can talk about those photos beginning and after. Have a tool like Project Map It that is going to show a, prog a progress when you can show and tell and stuff like that too. So. I have one more question on an education too, because I'm very fascinated by this stuff because it's like, you don't get to talk about this as much. We always talk to roofers trying to better their system. How many of the three ish quotes you got talked about that ventilation aspect? Oh, none, none. Wow. Like, I think they all were like, Oh, we're going to do more vents. But again, it was like that assumption that I understood a, what that meant and like why that mattered. And so I know that the house itself had had their, the soffits replaced like five years ago before we bought it. But even that, like that education, I had to, this is where like I Googled it and learned that like it comes through the soffits and then it rises and goes up the vents. And that's what kind of keeps that circulation going. Like I had no idea. I had no idea. And, and so there was definitely like an assumption. And then it's weird because when you're having those conversations about it, for me to be like, oh, excuse me, what, what, what is ventilation? And like, why does that matter? Like, you feel kind of stupid asking questions like that when they're talking about it, like it's something you should know, or it should be something that you understand right off the top of your head. And when you don't, it can be intimidating in that position as a home buyer raise your hand and interrupt them and, and ask why that matters. You already feel like you're buying something that you don't really understand what, what it is that you're getting. And they're saying all these things and talking about all these materials that you don't really know. So to kind of become vulnerable a little bit more to be like, actually, I have no idea what you're talking about or why any of this is important. Can you explain it to me? Can be a little bit intimidating for sure. Yeah. It's super interesting. It speaks back to like Eric Richardson was with us on one of the roadshow stops and he uh, you know, roofs in California, roofs in San Diego. And he says, I don't sell roofs. I sell experiences. Right. And, and it, it kind of plays to this, like being able to explain it and have the customer really understand what they're getting into, what the pieces of the roof are. Like I know he uses our measurement reports to help educate what the pieces of the roof are uh, so that the customer understands, you know, like where we're putting starter shingles and why we have underlayment where we have it. And, why we're putting venting where we're putting it and how much. And so all of these things that he takes advantage of that tool to, to use it as an education piece. I think it is interesting that you drew attention to the fact that a lot of times roofers just operate under the assumption that the customer either knows or, or maybe they just are operating on the fact that they know the customer doesn't know. Right. Mm -hmm. And that they feel like they can just kind of take advantage of that fact a bit. 
uh, to kind of do whatever they want to do up there because you aren't going to question it because you don't know any better. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the vent thing or, um, you know, like the starter shingle question that you had, um, mm-hmm. you know, cause I, I, like that, like you said, they were actually shocked that you asked about a starter shingle because yeah. they probably have never been asked about that in their entire <laughs> Right. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. You know, it's interesting that the education piece I think is a bit missed. We missed the mark a bit on it either too over the top or definitely not enough is in most cases. Right. So, um, you know, as opposed to, to making it something that's easily understandable. Yeah. And what I think that really does is like, for me, it becomes the difference between me saying, you know, to my friends or my family, whoever, oh yeah, we had a roof down. Here's a picture. Look how great it looks versus this roofer came to my house and I learned so much about roofs. And he took me up and pointed out the new ventilation that he put in and like talked to me about underlayment and talked to me about, you know, step flashing and like where I had that installed and why he did it this way. And he was great. If you ever need a roofer, this is his number. Make sure you call him. If somebody asked me, I would, I would probably recommend them because like they did a good job. I'm very happy with my roof, but it becomes that difference between me recommending it versus raving about it. And I'm not, I'm not raving about my experience. Really. If I rave about anybody, it's about the expertise that I leaned on with my coworkers and how helpful everybody at Roofer was in my experience more than anything. Um, But that's where I think like it really, you might not think it makes a difference, but it absolutely makes a difference. How many, when you were looking, was everyone you talked to a referral or did you search for a company as well? Yeah, so I searched, but again, like, I, I didn't really message anybody that I found on Google, to be honest with you, which is funny because I work in organic marketing, um, but I didn't trust Google with it. I really wanted to go with somebody that like somebody told me that they were good and that I could trust and that knew, knew that they did quality work because um, you really just don't know. And I think that that's the same with like most things that are like service or like labor industries now, especially for homeowners. I'll Google, but I'm probably gonna go with the person that my friend recommends that redid their tile or a friend of a friend that, you know, knows knows a guy that can come in and look at it or, you know, the guys from work that recommend somebody that that's really good at what they do. Um, but it was straight up referrals, 100% referrals. Pete, that lines directly into what you always say. Yeah. I mean, it really, it is the truth. I still, it, you know, cause here's the thing about roofing is no matter how digital we become, the sale is still based on the relationship, right? Like people still are buying yeah. people. You're the reason that you'll go back, you would go back. And even though you would probably recommend your roofer, the reason that you would have raved about him, if he would have educated you more is because you would have trusted him more and he would have built more of a relationship yeah. with you by educating you more, right? Like you would have yeah. felt like you guys had a closer connection and that he spent some extra time with you and you were more invested in it and you would have been much more likely to go out and rave about it as opposed to, yeah, I'd recommend him. He did a good job, but I didn't really feel like I got the most out of that experience. You know, that's the difference. Right. And so, and it speaks directly to, you know, creating that customer experience that's world-class that builds that trust in that relationship that equates into the referral, which is still by far the number one source of, uh, you know, of revenue generating leads for the roofer. I mean, it's a slam dunk every time. I did go and look them up to like check out their website and that. But again, it was like, I was looking for that quote piece. Like 
I was looking for like how I could see, you know, their instant estimator of how much my roof was going to cost or what their availability was for the year. So, so there was me going to their website to look for that supplementary info. But, um, but again, none of them really had it. Like I had to send an email and then wait for a response or have a phone call and then wait for them to call me back. And, and so it was, it was kind of like referral first and then like that, like extra little next step came from, from looking online. But from then I was like, I just need to find a website. I read a few reviews, but I mean, at this point, like if Nick's like their quality roofer, I'm like, yep, perfect. Got it. That's, that's the referral that I need. I'm good to go. I trust it. And that's the importance of that referral, right? You need to, your customers are your best marketing asset, as Pete always says. And like, if they provided you with a, like a, a foolproof, like uh, presentation and education system that Pete and I are talking about, like how likely are you to be referring them at that point, right? And it's just yeah, gonna grow that process. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and then you go one step further and you do like a referral program where if somebody, you know, books a roof that I refer and then, you know, maybe I get like a $50 gift card for Starbucks, like, heck yes, that's a lot of coffee. I'd be, yeah. uh, I'd be talking up roofers like no tomorrow for something like that. Four whole so, coffees you know. at Starbucks. Yeah, exactly. I have like five, but like, you know, <laughs> I could have like satisfied all my pumpkin spice latte cravings for the fall. Like, just <laughs> No, it is, you know, that's a great point, though, that you bring up is that how many contractors out there do have some type of structured, planned out referral system in place, you know, or are they just relying on someone to throw their name in a comment of a Facebook post, which both work. But, you know, could you potentially be maximizing, uh, you know, the root, the maximizing the use of that of those referrals if you have some type of a more structured program so uh you know definitely something to think about uh for the folks listening you know is going into 2024 you know maybe setting up something and there are products out there uh on the market that help with that you know that uh, allow you to to build a more stout referral system uh to where you can quickly you know uh incentivize your past customers to to send you a referral so something to yeah. look at. Yeah. That's a really good point though there, Pete. Like I think if I could break it down into like three things for roofers for 2024, that would have won me over from the get-go would have been like speed to lead for sure. Like get me a contract and I will probably sign that contract because other people might not be. Um, the education piece for sure. Um, and spending that time to like teach me. And three, having some kind of like digital proposal, something that comes to my inbox, something that's a bit more personalized, that isn't a scanned, reused uh, contract sheet that's crooked on the PDF that you send me. Um, those things would have just really solidified for me. Like this roofer knows what they're doing. They take this seriously. They take my my house seriously and my job and like my roof seriously. And, and the fact that I'm, you know, need somebody to do this big project for me and for my home. Um, and, and the trust would have been there almost intrinsically without them needing to really go above and beyond with that. So it seems really simple. Like when I say it like that, but it really would have been like, it would have made a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, and it's it, like you said, in a way it is actually simple in today's market. It is very simple for a contractor to put those things into play. Right. It's a little bit better presentation, educating your sales team a little bit more on how they, you know, present their product, uh, you know, 
getting a proposal tool, you know, there's some out there jump on a proposal tool. You know, I think it was Latif, right? Nick that said, the first thing you should buy is a quality proposal tool, right? And be the guy with the digital, a good digital proposal before you buy anything else, uh, you know, for a brand new roofing company. So, um, you know, so things like that are not really difficult to put into play uh, and could make a huge difference, especially depending on your market. Well, roofers, now you know. You know, from like, a, it's not just Pete and I yelling from, from our computer screens being like, you need to update your stuff. It's It's Jen who is an actual blue fire telling you what would have made a difference in her life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm on board. I'm on board with Pete. I'm on board with Nick. Um, And, and yeah. And I think just like, we, we look at this every day and we talk about every day, but it was definitely really eye opening to just realize how, how many roofers there are that still, don't really do that. And to have that experience from the homeowner side, mm-hmm. it was, it, it was really interesting to be like, I know something that could make this better for you. Like, please try it. It would help me like do it for me. Don't do it for you. Do it for me. It's interesting. You know, I actually approached the roofer who did my neighbor's house and said, Hey, this is what I do for a living. And, uh, you know, Hey, have you ever considered it? And his immediate response was, Nope, I'm good. <laughs> I said, all righty then just keep doing things the way you're doing them and by the way he uh spoke to his he spoke to my neighbor across the street about potentially doing her roof and her siding and then never followed up never came back to the point that he never even came back and got his yard sign from my neighbor's yard my neighbor ended up throwing his yard sign in the trash yeah so that gives you some indication of his process that he was totally fine working within so um like it's it's not even just about what you're comfortable with anymore when we look at the, like the list of i think that you had a, at rise of the modern day homeowner which is like such yeah. a technical way to put it but like we're in our 30s we we do a lot of tech stuff you know we we grew up without internet but are very internet savvy now and, and we want things done in a way that's like quick and easy and accessible. And so if you're not going to do it by yourself, do it for the homeowner that wants to hire you and what their expectations are. So, I mean, as much as you want to run a business the way that you want to run a business, like you got to be fitting in with what the expectation is of your customer too. So. percent. Yeah. Preach. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're just, you're just backing up all the things that Nick and I talk about on all of these. So. <laughs> and they didn't even tell me to say that, I promise. <laughs> it's yeah, we'll definitely unscripted. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Well, Jen and Nick, I really want to, I really appreciate you guys coming on. I think that this has been really eye-opening, right? I think it's been fantastic that you were able to go through that experience and, and kind of be able to get on here and, like you said, kind of uh, solidify some of the things that Nick and I often talk about. Um, you know, and realize just how much of a gap there is between the homeowner experience and what is still currently going on in the market for a lot of roofers and how easily that could be fixed. Like you said, a couple simple changes in his process would have made a huge difference in, uh, you know, your recommendation of him and, and also in just your customer experience as a whole. Uh, you know, so some things to keep in mind there and uh, appreciate you sharing and thank you guys for coming on. Yeah, thank Thanks you so much. much. And- Thank you, Nick, for all your help in my my roof buying experience. Um, and yeah, I hope that it's helpful for even one roofer out there. I'm 
I'm, I'm here to help you win more jobs. That's what I want. <laughs> there you go. All right, guys, we appreciate everybody listening in and uh, we look forward to seeing you the next time on the Roofer Report. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening. Check us out next time on the Roofer Podcast. But until then, be sure to like us, subscribe to us, and check out all our other episodes on YouTube and Spotify.